The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. I'm so excited to have you guys aboard. And and I'm going to make my apologies in advance. Normally, we do this from the studio. Uh, I've had uh, client engagements and travel and now flight delays, and I'm sitting in an airport in Miami. However, I was so excited about this guest, I I just couldn't simply uh, reschedule. I had to have him on the show. I couldn't wait to talk to him and and all those things. So I am going to do my best not to be a distraction today as a host and uh, make sure that we deliver a a quality program to you today. Uh, Again, we've been in Miami this week. We'll be heading to El Paso, Texas next week doing the Project Management Institute uh, Professional Development Day. I'm actually doing a full-day seminar on the 8th and then a keynote speech on the 9th. So for those of you in El Paso, can't wait to see you. Uh, We'll be there next week with our great friends of the show, John Stenbeck, Michael O'Brocta, and several others that are going to be at that event. So we're very, very excited about that. Uh, But let's get to our show today. And and our show is going to be very personal uh, to me. So for those of you that have been listening, uh, you know, for the last year and a half with us here on the show, know that I dropped a book called No Day But Today and that one of the biggest events in that uh, book and in one of the biggest events in my life was the passing of my father when I was 19 years old. Uh, so when I speak quite a bit, a lot of you have heard the No Day But Today speech and, and I talk about how precious that time is and how much time I feel like I wasted with my own father uh, before he passed. And so today, my guest um, is, is, I mean, just right in the wheelhouse for us here on this show. Uh, he is an author, a speaker, a dad consultant whose mission is to help re-energize dads in America by providing faith-based fatherhood resources to help them become the dads they always dreamed of. And what started off as a book, he has a, a wonderful book called Friday Night Lights for Fathers and Sons that we'll talk about today. Uh, and that book started out for him and his son as, has transformed into a full-time ministry which includes one-on-one coaching, an online video course, countless fatherhood resources, and a long list of speaking appearances, all with the goal of helping dads develop a deeper and more meaningful relationship with their children and with their God. And uh, he's a fellow GMT member, so as you know, we love to have our fellow John Maxwell team members on here. I believe he's in the mentorship program in, in there as well. So let's bring him on the show. Welcome to Mark LeMaster. Mark, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Mark, as I said, I couldn't be more excited to have you. Uh, I've had a chance to, to read the book, but you know, before we dive into some of those topics, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to the audience? Yeah, so I'm a father of two, uh, married for 19 years to my beautiful bride, and uh, actually worked for about 20 years in the healthcare field, um, doing basically anything that had 
kind of uh, the high adrenaline stuff. So emergency nursing, um, post-surgical nursing, uh, also was a flight nurse and got to do some really cool things with that. And then got in, then went back to school, got my master's degree in nursing. And then I uh, did education because I love to teach. And at some point I decided that uh, it, it, I love to teach, but maybe I wasn't teaching the things that um, I was really called to teach. And so um, over the last couple of years, I've just really poured into this, this fatherhood, uh, what it means to be a dad that's engaged, that's, that's really connecting with his kids. And um, that's how the book came about. And it, it's just been a uh, it's just been a blessing along the along the way. This journey is just uh, phenomenal, and, and I'm just so blessed by it. And, and you know, one of our big platforms that we talk about on the show, and, and what I've used as my own role is is being a present father. And so, the fact that I have to travel, and the fact that I have a consultancy, um, you know, so often, you know, people like me who travel quite a bit, when they get home, they tend to kind of check out a little bit. And so, you know, one of the things that I talk about and profess all the time um, is being present for your children. And, and so, you know, I'd like to be home more, but when I, when I am there, I don't want to be distracted by work or other things and make sure that I'm there for them. Um, talk a little bit about that, and then we'll, we'll jump into the book. Yeah, so what you're, what you're talking about is, is becoming more and more common. There's a lot more travel for business. And, you know, with the the field that I worked in, I, I worked overnights and I was even doing some 24 hour shifts. So I get that. I wasn't home at some of the key times that I wanted to be home at, at night to pray with my kids or even sometimes in the morning, they'd be gone off to school before I'd get home. And so it's it's something that's a little bit more uh, more common than it used to be. You know, we used to work nine to five and that was that. And now life has changed and um, we have to adapt as dads too. And like you said, a lot of times what happens is, is dads are so tired and so overwhelmed that they've, they've done the stuff they need to do for work, that they've provided the finances. They've, they've gotten the kids to and from the things that they needed to get them to. They've, they've done the housework and maybe, uh, you know, mowed the lawn or, uh, done the driveway, whatever it is, but then they put the dad being present piece, being that connected dad, that engaged dad at the kind of the bottom of the list. And a lot of times that gets overlooked, um, not necessarily on purpose, just because, but just because it just happens that way. We're, we're tired. We get overwhelmed and um, maybe there wasn't really that um, motivation to do it because things feel like they're going okay. And all of a sudden time just slips by. And so that kind of led to even one of your awakenings, which led to the book itself, right? So tell me about the events that led you to write your book, Friday Night Lights, for Fathers and Sons. Yeah, so there was something about when my ter- my son turned eight years old. You know, I had this, this overwhelming feeling that I wasn't being the dad that, that I really believed I was going to be, that I dreamed I was going to be. And so at that point, I did what I do best, and I, and I hit the books. I started researching, and I read as many fatherhood books, parenting books that I could. Um, and you know what? It's like it's like the, the diet thing, right? You can read about how to lose weight, or you can lo- read about how to uh, save money and, and become – um, you know, become wealthy and all these different things. But if you don't put that into action, you're not intentional about it and don't actually do it, nothing changes, right? And that's the same thing with being a better parent. We can read all these books, but all of a sudden, I was spending more time reading the books and I, and I could have been just hanging out with my son and being present, being being there for him and my daughter as well. 
but this book really focused on on my my uh, father and son relationship. So, yeah, there's just so many things that can distract you from being intentional and putting it off. And I just I said I I have to take a stand. I have to do something different. And so that's really what. Um, was the impetus for me saying, okay, I need to do something different. I need to, I really need to uh, become the dad that I want to be. And I have to, I have to take action and do it. And, and like anything in life, it, it's a work in progress, right? Being a father, being, being, um, you know, present for your children, it, it's no different than the personal journey that we take when we're on the John Maxwell team. And even, you know, you referenced the book and, and I love when Paul Martinelli says, you know, when, when people look at, at Think and Grow Rich, it's it's a playbook to become a millionaire, and it says there's over, you know, 20 million copies sold, but there's not 20 million millionaires out there, which means, you know, you can buy the book, but you don't invest in the book, right? And so what, what I loved about your book is that it was action-oriented. So so I, I found myself in the same path as you of, of when my daughter was, I believe, seven, um, and, and my son was two, that, that I was nowhere near where I wanted to be, which is why I, I started R Squared, which is named after my kids, Ramsey and Remo, to, to keep them front and center, right? And so w- when I did the same thing, I went knowledge-based, I went knowledge-seeker, and at the same realization going, who in a book is going to teach me how to be a better father? The only way to do that is is to let my kids tell me how to be a better father and, and be there for them, but... Um, so I started becoming disillusioned with a lot of the parenting books and, you know, fatherly advice. And then comes this gem called Friday Night Lights for Fathers and Sons, which is all action-oriented and based. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so what I really what what made me think about this, the concept that's behind the, the book is there's a lot of books that tell you how to do things, but there's nothing that actually gives you uh, – a guidebook, and and I kind of look at my book as a guidebook now more than I do as a as a book because it's something that you can pick up, you know, read for fifteen minutes, put it down, get the, get a game plan, and then it it it's a step by step. Here's the idea. Here's the the activity that you get to do. Here's the lesson you teach, and I'll even give you questions to help you get to know your your son on a deeper level. And there really wasn't anything like that on the market at the time. And so it was one of those things where it just felt right. I was led to write it, and and I, I felt like I really needed to teach my son some of these lessons that are that I have in the book, like character and integrity, you know, prayer, faith. Um, talk about money. Talk about friendships, and then and then just kind of all the different things that I really wanted to teach my son, and that I learned that I should be teaching my son. But yeah, there's something. There's an activity with each with each one because I, what I've learned is that when guys really connect, it's when they're shoulder to shoulder doing something, and that is the that was really the biggest reason that I wanted to do something with my son because we looked forward to game days and that was something that we got excited about and so that's why I named it a game day activity. And I love that. And, and my son and I actually have what we call mandates. And, uh, you know, we started that when he was younger. And, and you know, I would wake up and, and the girls would still be asleep. My daughter would be still be asleep. And my, and my uh, wife would be asleep. Um, and so I would get up early and rouse him and, and say, hey, let's go have a mandate. 
and uh, just go run errands and all that kind of stuff. And, and he looks forward to those now because, you know, again, we're not having to do anything special or take him to the trampoline park or anything else like that. It's just being together and being present. So, listen, we're going to take a quick break. While we're there, go check out marklamaster.com. So it's Mark, as it sounds, with a K and then L-A-M. A-S-T-E-R.com, or you can go to coach.marklamaster.com. I'm while we're on this break. Check out Mark. Check out the book. Uh, also visit us on Twitter at, at Rick A. Morris or, or LinkedIn or Facebook. We'd be happy to answer any of your questions that you have while we're on the show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for the live edition of the Work-Life Balance, coming to you live from a Delta Sky Club here in Miami, Florida, uh, as I'm stranded on the way home trying to get to the life side of my Work-Life Balance and, and get home to my family. But today we're visiting with Mark LeMaster. He's the author of Friday Night Lights for Fathers and Sons. He's also developed a ministry 
uh, in some coaching around that. And Mark, we were talking on the break. What did you mean when you told me that you say that dads are on the clock? Yeah, so again, it's a sports metaphor, but when we, when we, when our when our, our kids are born on that day, or or from the time that you adopt your child or become a stepfather, you have this certain amount of time until um, you know our kids end up going to school, to the military, or getting a job. They leave home, and we have this certain time that we can help pour into them and help lead them to the the young men and the young women that they're created to be. And you know, it's not that we stop parenting when they turn eighteen and they're gone, but we really have that that. Um, internal clock that's ticking from that the day of their birth the day that we've adopted them and it gets louder and louder and and i think for me and it sounds like like for you it was around my son was eight your daughter was seven and we we realized that 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 clock that tick tock is getting louder and louder and for whatever reason like i said i thought of it when i was watching the the first night of the nfl draft nfl draft a few years ago and you know when the commissioner gets up there and says okay you know, you're on this team, whatever it is, the Minnesota Vikings, you're on, now on the clock and you have 10 minutes, right? So there's just this pressure that starts to build after a certain amount of time. So I think we're all officially on the clock when we decide to become parents and we have this responsibility to raise our kids and to help them, to help mold them, to help teach them about the world and to help teach them all these different life issues and life lessons and um, for whatever reason that clock just doesn't seem like it's long enough some days so that's really why I, I took that initiative and and really try to connect and develop deep relationships with my kids you know and that's that's interesting mark and, and you know, I'll tell you one of the favorite things that that I love about hosting a radio show like this is is to, to be able to talk to experts like you and then it also becomes a very selfish thing uh, because I have questions I want answered. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm very, very focused on in, in being a father and present father, being present and, and being there, I want them to have a very, very strong work ethic. And, you know, I want that, number one, you know, by leading by example and showing them what I do every day and, and how hard we work to, to provide for them. Um, but do you have any tips around that or, or you know, things that, that could help? Because you know, I feel like, you know, sometimes my daughter's just not quite there. My son is, is getting there, but, you know, trying to, to establish a strong work ethic and, and sense of duty in, in them. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that they're, they're watching you and that they know that you're working hard. But uh, that first thing um, is to give them something small, a small responsibility, and, you know, kind of have that rope and then let it out a little bit further and further. For instance, one example that I've done with my son is we live on this kind of hill, and it's on a busy, it, it goes down to a busy road. And so I used to say, okay, every Tuesday night we take the garbage out, and it's garbage night. And then I would, I, I, I told him, I, I now expect that you remember that today's the day, and then we take it down. Um, we'll do it together. And then when he comes home from school the next day, that he can pick that up. So over time, it's kind of those little steps of here you can do this and you can do this now. And now he's old enough and he is responsible enough to know that that's something he can do by himself. I trust him. He's going to be safe. He's looking for cars, that kind of stuff. But it didn't start like that. I didn't say, okay, you need to take the garbage out, put it in the garbage thing, and then take it down the hill and just let them go. It's just those little tiny steps along the way over time. But the important thing is, is to start. And that first 
that first thing can be something simple, let the rope out a little bit longer. And then once you get that, then say, I'm proud of you. That was a great job. Really pour into them and let them know that you notice it. Because when we notice things, then it sticks a lot better. And it's not over and over and over like, oh, you know, I'm so proud of you. You did this. This is great. Good job. It's just, hey, thanks for doing that. You did a great job. Because they want to see that piece. They want to be able to know that they're being recognized for it. But um, so it's just tiny little things. And then that recognition, proud of you. And those kind of, that's a great way to start for somebody that's just really looking at how to start that thing. But the modeling, your work, like you're doing, the creative stuff, the entrepreneurial stuff, man, that's showing our kids that we can do whatever we want to do. And I love that. Yeah. And and as I said, you know, my, my father was a very big figure in my life and, and I remember, you know, he, they, they helped write one of the first uh, programs that ever automated an insurance claim on a mainframe. And I remember him just sitting at the table, which is, you know, piles of green bar reports, which is nothing but ones and zeros, and, and him just reading that and, and debugging software um, at the table. And that always stuck with me around that work ethic. And so, you know, obviously I've tried to emulate that. Um, but, you know, I want to lead them into that, that strong work ethic of, you know, not – not being so prideful to, to, to not take a job right when you need one. Um, so at one point I, I had lost a position and, and uh, was selling lawn and garden at Sears until I could fill, you know, the work that I needed to do. Um, but having that sense of duty, I think is just so important and something that I really want to make sure, you know, all children really pick up on, on how to take care of their families. Yeah. The other thing too is, you know, we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, you talk about, having having the money or the the things some of the things that you you buy with that money and i think if if our kids have a piece in that if they if they use some of their own money they take care of things so much better than if they just have it given to them there's such a cool relationship between that so you know you're working hard you have this this responsibility maybe you get some um uh, commission or you get uh, chore money for chores or whatever that is and then you use some of that money you're going to take so much better care of that stuff and um, that's just something I've really tried to enforce in, in our kids too so I think that's a great great example and so speaking of examples in, in your book you've, you've created 10 game days and you kind of made a reference to that earlier as to, to game day uh, so tell me a little bit about what a game day looks like yeah so the game day like I said, there's a lot of guys out there, and you're going to smile when you when you hear this, and, and you're going to kind of nod yourself if you're listening to this. That there's a lot of guys out there that don't like to read, period. Um, I've talked to guys that said, I've only read one book, or, uh, you know, I whatever it is. They just don't like to sit down and read well. Does it have pictures? <laughs> yeah, does it have pictures? Exactly. Uh, and do I have to read it, or can I watch the movie or read the Cliff's Notes? But this book is really meant to sit down for 15 minutes or less because everything's packed into into just a few pages and each game day is set up for you. So it's kind of like that turnkey, ready to roll kind of thing. Pick the book up, pick a night, and everything's set up for you. So each game day I have, it, it has a, a, you know, a scouting report for the dads just to kind of get an idea, kind of get in the mood, mood and the idea of what the lesson's about. And then... Uh, I get into what is the game day activity, what do you need, kind of a checklist of what you need. And then I, I have a customizable pre-game day and post-game day prayer. So you can really, 
really focus in on that time with your, your son. And then we do the game day activity and then we talk about the lesson and that's in the post game day uh, analysis questions. And then my favorite is the post game day press conference. There's something about this press conferences that that's just kind of exploded in the past few years that everybody's talking about these press conferences. Everything's a press conference, right? And so the kids think it's cool and they get to see their, their favorite players get interviewed on it. So the dad and the son actually tape themselves on a, on their smartphone, their iPhone or whatever it is. And there's questions to ask and they go back and forth. And what I love about it is that you really get to get a slice of time in your son's life and your life, what he's thinking at that time, what his voice sounds like, what he looks like. And then the same thing with you, you get to see kind of where you are and how far you've come over time. So it's just a really cool way to, to kind of pack into about an hour and an hour and a half, a lot of fun stuff, but also a lot of learning and stuff that sticks because I remember that day. They remember the game day. And so what's, what's one of your favorite games just to, to throw it out? You don't have to, you know, dive into a huge detail, but um, tell us one of the activities that's in the book. Uh, one of the activities that that actually has been a uh, one of my favorites and, and some favorites from other guys that have gone through my programs and stuff is actually kind of because it's fun for us dads. It's on uh, it's actually on contentment and entitlement. So, what is the difference between the two, and and how do we? How do we really help our sons become content instead of that sense of entitlement, that entitlement virus that's kind of sweeping our, our youth right now? Um, and what I have the dads do is to ask their son what their favorite vehicle is. So f- the first time that my son and I went through the program, he wanted a Corvette. He wanted a, uh, his favorite car was a Corvette Stingray. And so I called up the local Chevrolet dealer and said, hey, I got this idea. I know it's kind of crazy. And he goes, let's do it. And he goes, you'll be surprised how many people get to test drive these things. So we went out and test drove a, a Corvette Stingray, red, beautiful, awesome. I won't tell you how fast I went because I don't want my wife to hear it. But we got on <laughs> interstate and we and we made use of the engine and just had a blast. And then that that was kind of that entitlement piece that Lincoln, you can you can attain this. You can, you know, this is something you can earn, but let's just talk about probably where you're gonna start with a vehicle. So I got to pick out the crummiest beat up car on the used car lot. And so we got to drive that. And I said, you know, here's the lessons that both cars are gonna get you from point A to point B. And what are the differences? Let's talk about that. And and that just starts getting that that thought in his mind that, you know, I don't have to have all the brand name stuff, all the amazing, cool stuff that I think that I need to have. I need to have that, something that's functional, something that I can afford, that kind of stuff. And it just, for me, the season that I'm in right now is I just, that's just one of the things that really speaks to me because I really want him to know that I want him to learn contentment because it's such a crazy world of of material things right now. I just want him to be content with the things that he has. I think that's such a valuable lesson and, and certainly a fantastic idea. My wheels are already spinning as to as to what car I can get. You know, my daughter's at 16 and, and we're about to buy the car. Um, and, and what a fantastic lesson to, to, to put into them that, you know, you don't need the Range Rover, the Audi, the Jaguar, or any of that. Um, and, and certainly, you know, I don't know what your first car was. Mine was a Plymouth Horizon uh, hatchback. <laughs> it was about a grand, nice. I think. 
Right, right. But uh, we drove yeah. that sucker into the ground and uh, loved every minute of just minute of just having the the freedom behind it. So I think that's a fantastic lesson. And so we're going to take another break here. We're going to let CA pay some of our bills, and we're going to be right back with Mark LeMaster and hear some more games, as well as uh, you know just to lead in, we're going to talk about some of the biggest challenges dads face in today's culture. So please hang with us. We'll be right back on the Work Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance. And we're back with Mark LeMaster, author of Father uh, Friday Night Lights for Father and Sons, and you can find him at marklemaster.com. You can find me at, at Rick A. Morris. Or if you just want to wander up to the uh, Delta Sky Club in the Miami airport, you can find me in the back corner performing our show as we speak. So getting back to it, Mark, um, you know, one of the big things that we kind of teased it going in uh, is, you know, what do you feel is, is some of those biggest challenges that the that, that dads face in today's culture? 
Yeah, that's that's a loaded question, but I love it because I love to talk about this because the the more that I work with dads and the more that I do the research on it and just see people interacting uh, in in conversation, the first thing most guys say is you know what their biggest challenge is is that they're too busy, and I think that's just a an easy answer. It's kind of a conversationally accepted. You know, it's it's culturally accepted. Yeah, we're just super busy. I mean, that's usually the first thing anybody says. Hey, how are you guys doing? And oh, we're just really busy. But I think I think there's something a lot. I think that's like the safe answer. And I think that there's actually something a lot deeper and more complex going on, especially with dads. Um, you know, as as dads, you know, we, we can talk. We can sit here and talk about how, you know, the the dads in the culture are kind of the uh, you know, kind of the dimbos, the the duds, that kind of stuff. And well, there are some, you know, some of us dads are like that. I get it. Um, but at the same time, people see that in the in the media, and they think that's just the way all dads are. But I think there's some, like I said, I think there's something a lot deeper. I think it's that. Um, I think it's almost kind of a cover up in some ways that we don't want to express our true feelings about how we really are. Um, feeling about being a dad, you know, for me to say that I'm not being the dad that I want to be, when I first said that, that was really hard for me to say. And I, because I had these expectations of myself, but the problem is, is that a lot of us are just, you know, we, we're discouraged, we get confused. And some of us, I think, are fe- even feel defeated as dads because we just don't know who to talk to, where to go to get the advice. We don't want to be, you know, we're insecure. We don't want to admit that, we need some help as, as a dad. And it's great to have that wife, that partner that helps us. But sometimes we need real dad's, dad questions to be answered. And where do you go for that? So that's, that's I think, probably the real deep-rooted part of that question, the answer to that. And Mark, I, you know, listen, I, I appreciate you, you know, being honest and, and even, you know, severe at a point of, of saying, look, it, the, the excuse of that you're too busy for your children or too busy for your family is simply an excuse. And, you know, I, I think a lot of dads struggle with the fact that we are the ones that are looked to in the family to to, to know how to solve things, to how to fix things. And if we don't know, we figure it out. So for us to be able to admit to each other that we're not doing what we hoped uh, for our kids or maybe we're not living up to our own expectations that we had in our head of, of what we were going to be as fathers is, is, is a number one, it's a huge thing for, for a man to do to admit. Second of all, um, creating a community where it's a safe space for us to discuss this as dads and, and not only to, to complain and let off some steam, but to really get some learning and some honest advice. And that, that's something that you're really passionate about doing too, right? You, you started this whole community of dads and, and talk about that. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the reason this really started was because, you know, the women have this, this thing figured out. They've got different groups that they get together with and, um, whether it's mothers of preschoolers, the, there's Bible moms, there's there's all these different mom groups out there, and they meet once a week, once every other week, once a month, whatever it is. But it's that place that they go and they encourage each other as moms. They listen to their the issues that are going on. They might give advice. They might receive advice. They have people kind of surround them and just lift them up. And when I talk to dads about, hey, would that be something you'd want to do? And they go, or is that something guys could do? I hear a lot of women say, well, the men are working. 
Well, while that's true, um, they're not working 24 hours a day. So instead of it being a morning type of community, why not about an, uh, an evening type of uh, meeting or get together? Or something that I'm really passionate about and I'm working on uh, right now is is actually an online community of dads. And it's, it's just that place, like you said, where can dads go to talk about dad stuff? You know, it's not to talk about work. It's not to talk about how to get a six pack you know, how to exercise, all that kind of stuff. It's not a place to talk about the latest tech gadget. It's just, let's just talk about dad stuff and what we're doing, how we can get help each other, how we can get better ideas. You know, have you experienced this before? What did you do? I'm really having troubles because there's always something valuable from another guy's perspective rather than it being from, you know, a, a woman's perspective. That's, we need that too, but sometimes we just need need that advice from a dad. You know, and I, I think it's interesting, you know, Promise Keepers came out, which is all, you know, centered around being a good husband. Um, but even when dads get together, right, it's normally over beers or, or, you know, chicken wings or something. And and it's all about, you know, here was my accomplishment at work and here's how great my kids are doing. Um, but But beginning that conversation of, hey, I may not be living up to my expectations or I, I hope that, you know, I could be a better father in this in this arena. That's just not something that the guys get comfortable in sharing with. So how do you broach that subject? How do you how do you get them to open up and share? Well, I think our conversation today is a perfect example of it because you said you asked a question earlier, how how do I get my kids to become, you know, uh, you know, more of that work ethic? Now, you wouldn't probably ask somebody that didn't you know, didn't study fatherhood stuff. You know, the, the guy that wrote a book on fatherhood, that's not something you might say to your, uh, a client that you're working with on, on business stuff, right? So I think it's just saying, you know what, I feel comfortable in this area talking about it because I know that Mark or whoever it might be is open to talking about fatherhood stuff. And, you know, and, and I think that's the biggest thing is that there's just not a place to go on a consistent basis that we can feel comfortable. And I think all the roles have evolved. And so, again, when I speak in No Day But Today, I talk about all the different roles. And and what I notice people doing when they set goals is that they're either personal goals or they're business and success-related goals, but not really setting goals as a husband or a father, right? And and so when we identify our roles, we need to make sure that we we know all of the roles that we play, including those two. Um, And so... I think, though, you know, the evolution of, of society with moms and children and all that has changed. But for some reason, that, that vision of a dad and what a dad's supposed to do seems still to be rooted back into, you know, really the 1950s and 40s. So do, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, it, and it's usually the breadwinner role. That's that's typically what uh, most most of us guys are, are really working towards identifying ourselves by. Um, there are certainly different communities out there that are that are that are trying to break that mold. Um, but I think that's still, you know, guys identify themselves by the successes and their uh, their paychecks and and their uh, accomplishments at work. And you know, for whatever reason, I think that's slowly changing. But at the same time, you know, we, I mentioned earlier some of the stuff in the media that, you know, the, the dad's always the goofy guy um, making the dumb jokes, doing this, the dumb things. And, and that's just not reality, but that's what, what is portrayed. And so I think it just, 
you know, having conversations like these and, and giving dads that opportunity to really talk about how to become, uh, you know, the dad they want to be and, and how do they develop deeper relationships with their kids? How do they, how do they teach them? How do they do these life lessons? Um, it, instead of just modeling it, um, to really have a conversation with their kids and to talk to their kids at their level, it, it, things aren't going to change. So it's, um, yeah, there's definitely a, a stigma attached to um, dads as breadwinners and, and those kinds of things. And it has changed a bit, but I think we're kind of still stuck there right now. So you you said you were a speaker and a consultant. And, and so what kind of groups are you are you speaking in front of and, and sending this message? And, you know, what kind of groups are, are being open and amenable to that conversation? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so right right now, the the majority of the people that are 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 really interested in this are, um, you know, kind of Christian based organizations that are saying, you know, I you know I hear your message. It sounds great. Let's let's have you talk on this this particular game day or this topic. But I'm starting to see that there's some crossover into the into the corporate world, and I'm really excited about that because. There's this, and it's exactly what your show is about, is that work-life balance. They're finding that when people have that balance, right, at home and at work, they're being more productive at work. So instead of just pounding the, you know, the time clock and the time and, and just putting all the hours in, that if they have that balance and they can, um, they can show that and give some real-life examples of that, uh, there's, there's different... Um, Groups within corporate corporations that are um, starting to show some more interest, which which I'm so excited about because to be able to get this message in to the corporate world instead of where kind of my niche is right now is it's just so exciting for me because that's that's who I want to reach. I want to reach people that are not really um, necessarily open to it or haven't even thought about it. So that's probably the biggest um, the biggest area. The other one is. Um, with gen- with with guys like yourself, the the people that are doing a lot of traveling, they want to have the most impact they can with the the limited amount of time they can. They don't want it to just blow over and all of a sudden it just sails away. They want to be intentional with that time and and but you have to understand that you're in that position at the first place. So you have to say, oh man, this time's flying by. So. It's uh, it's fascinating stuff. I, I'm just so blessed to be a part of it. Well, and I appreciate, again, you having the conversation because as I speak, you know, my, my big platform when I speak to corporate clients is around work-life balance, but I do that kind of covertly through resource availability and portfolio management and some of those things. But the, but the, I always do a section on, you know, when, when you're deciding for your staff that they have to work nights and weekends, then you're making your staff make the decision, am I going to be family-based or work-based? And some of the most successful people I've ever met that, that didn't have a family, but they have all the money and toys in the world, that's the biggest regret is that they didn't spend more time with the family or even develop a family. And so I think that that's something culturally um, is, is a myth that we've got to overcome and, and make sure that, you know, the family unit stays intact and, and you know, the, the other thing that we say around work is if you have an employee number, you're replaceable, but at home and as a father, you're not. And that's something yeah. I think people really need to keep in mind. So I'm going to let you comment on that when we come back um, from our final break here. We'll also uh, talk about your next book in the works. And then if you've got any speaking engagements or things that you want to plug, 
Um, and then finally, also, we'd like to ask all of our guests, as, as you know from Maxwell, and, and I learned this from John, is to what the greatest advice was that you were ever given. So we'll wrap all that up on this next segment of the Work-Life Balance. We'll be right back after this break. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end -end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for the final segment of the Work-Life Balance live this Friday coming from uh, the airport here in Miami. But uh, uh, coming events, we're going to be in El Paso on the 8th and 9th uh, at the PMI conference there. And uh, we have also got a Facebook Live session that's going to be June 5th announcing the details of the Maxwell Speakers Club for Birmingham, Alabama. But if you're interested in the Maxwell Speakers Club, you certainly can join us on Facebook Live on June 5th uh, through the Maxwell Speakers Club site there. Uh, so coming back with Mark Lamaster, he's the author of Friday Night Lights for Fathers and Sons, but that may not be the only book. I hear there's another book in the works. Is that right, Mike? 
Yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I'm actually currently writing uh, my next book. It's for my daughter. It's called Friday Night Lights for Fathers and Daughters. It is going to have a com- uh, very similar format, but a different theme that um, I'm really excited about. Uh, it's something my daughter's actually helping me um, create um, a little bit more hands-on than what my son could do when he was nine. So my daughter's 13, and she's been helping me with things, um, not just the material, right? But actually helping me um, with some of the writing, which has been just so cool to be able to do with her and uh, help some of her dreams come true as well. So that's uh, hopefully be available sometime this fall. Yeah, it's called Friday Night Lights for Fathers and Daughters. So um, I learned quickly that there's a lot of people that just have either daughters or just sons. So I got to have, got to do both. Right, as I have one of each. So I'll be looking forward to that. Maybe we'll have you back. When that book launches, we'd love to hear about the uh, differences between the two and what it was like. Um, awesome. Yeah, as a father between the two. Cool. I, uh, so I'm excited about that. you got some events coming up as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So I'm going to be doing some uh, a webinars here over the next month leading up to Father's Day just because um, I think it's one of those things that we don't. You know, I think Father's Day to a lot of us is just uh, maybe we get to go golfing or get to do kind of whatever we want to do, but we don't really necessarily celebrate fatherhood. And that's our day to do it, right? That's that's kind of our Super Bowl of, of days is being a dad. And I want to celebrate that. And one of the things that I'm doing is I'm, I'm doing a webinar that's uh, really focusing in on the community of dads and the project that I'm working on. And, and, I'd, and I'd love for your audience, if they're interested in checking that out, I'll be doing that uh, most of most often through June, most of the days through June, I'll be doing that. So uh, if that's something your audience is interested, I'd love to give that website that they could go ahead and sign up for one of those webinars. Is that all right with you, Rick? Yeah, please do. Yeah, please do. All right. So it's a, it's a shortened... Uh, website. It's um, it's HTTP and then the semicolon uh, forward slash forward slash bit dot ly and then it's forward slash community of dads community of dads. So it's the normal intro for a web address and then bit dot ly forward slash community of dads. And I'd love to see your, some of your audience members on that. I think it's going to be it's going to be great. You're going to get a lot of cool information out of it. So. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking that out. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'd love to do that, and uh, we'll actually see if we can get that link up on our uh, show site as well. Um, and so, finally, you know, tradition of the program, we we love to ask all of our guests, what's some of the best advice you've ever been given? All right. Well, this is actually uh, there, there's a toss up here, but the thing that that speaks to me most is actually something when I was doing my reading. So it's advice from another author, and it's a guy named Kit Nurburn. He's actually a a, a native Minnesotan like my um, that, and I live in the state of Minnesota. But uh, he says this. He says that we're born male. We must learn to be men, and I think as dads, we have that responsibility to help our sons learn to be men because uh, there's some of us adult males that are still boys if you will and we all know one of them at least one of them but as dads we can really help lead our sons to the to the young men that they were designed to be and that there's they have this amazing calling and we can help really lead them and and build them up into those True men, true, true men, I think is just so powerful. What a great responsibility we have. I think that's fantastic. And, and, you know, the other thing I'd like to leave the audience with is, is 
you know, you, you don't put these decisions in, 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 you know, if this is something you're struggling with, please join the webinars and, 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 you know, get in touch with other people. But as someone who lost their father at 19 years old, um, I thought there was all kinds of time. And, and so, you know, I get very sad on Father's Day. Um, not only, you know, I'm excited for me and my family and my kids, but, but uh, the fact that my kids never got to meet their grandfather. And, uh, and so the, the whole point of No Day But Today and everything that we talk about is, you know, I don't know that this plane that I'm about to jump on is going to land, but the one thing that my family is going to be sure of is that I love them and I was present for them while I was here. And so we can't waste these moments. We can't waste this time. We've got to make sure that if we're going to turn our young men into men and if we ourselves are going to become men, it's a, it's a daily battle, it's a daily thrive, but it's not something you put off till tomorrow. It's something that you've got to start on today in order to make a difference in your kids' lives. Do you want to comment on that, Mark, before we close the show? You couldn't have said it any better. Life is precious. We have a gift every single day. Um, live, live it like you're going to just give everything to your kids, uh, pour into them, um, you know, really get to know them at their level, get to know their friends' names, get to know their um, what they like, what they dislike. Um, a, a lot of us dads don't know those simple things. And once we do that, so many more conversations open up and we just get to know them on this beautiful level that we, we most of us maybe never have experienced with our kids. So take advantage of every single day. Well, Mark, we certainly appreciate you having on the show. Uh, it's excited again. We'd love to have you back when the next book drops. And uh, let's continue this conversation and tell us how uh, Community of Dads is doing as well. So uh, finally, it's marklemaster.com. And you can also go to bit.ly slash community of dads to join in on this conversation. Mark, thanks so much. Thanks, Rick. And congrats on your new book as well. Thank you very much, sir, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll catch each other at the next uh, live event for John Maxwell. Uh, for everybody else in the audience, again, uh, El Paso on the 8th and 9th, um, and then the Facebook Live on June 5th are our next events. If you miss any of those, then you can join us right back here on Friday on the Work-Life Balance of VoiceAmerica.com. We appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.